Amen. Can you give up for the worship team? Thank you, worship team. Praise God. Can we give it up for those watching online today? Online viewers, we got them all over the world. We got people in Mexico and in Montana. We got them in Florida. We got them in New York and California. We got them Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas, Texas. It's amazing what God's doing. So um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming out. God is, is, so, is so good. Um, so we're going to be coming out of uh, Joshua again uh, today. And so we're kind of preluding what's going to take place over the conference. Now is the time, or now is your time, or your time is now, however you want to phrase it. Uh, the book of Joshua is critical uh, to our walk as, as believers because then we, we, we understand uh, what Joshua went through. As I mentioned uh, last week, 40 years a slave, 40 years a wanderer, and now it's kind of his time. And you might be in that realm, like I've kind of wandered around on Christ, or maybe, I, maybe I've been a slave to sin, and God's saying, like, now's your time. Now's your time to live that life that, that he's called you to live, to be that person he's called you to be. You know, I don't know if time is short or time is long. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I know it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. We will all pass from this life into eternity, and we need to, one, we need to have Christ living in our heart. We need to fill that God-sized hole in our heart, and then we need to live for God, and as we live for God, when we get to the other side, it's going to be amazing. But while we're living here, it's, there's things to do, okay? And so, uh, as I did in the first service, I want to, first of all, acknowledge uh, 21 years ago today was 9-11, and maybe you know where you were. I want to publicly thank first responders and those that were involved, or maybe some, of the, some people in the aftermath. I want to thank our military services. I want to thank uh, the leadership and government during that time and currently. And, and, and we're then encouraged to pray, not only for those in leadership, we're also encouraged by Jesus to pray for our adversaries, those who persecute us or those who hold all manner of evil against us for, for his namesake. And so there's a paradox there, isn't there? We're certainly, it's easy to pray for those who are suffering the aftermath or those who are first responders or those who showed up on the scene, those who handled it, those who are working it. But it's also hard to pray for those who maybe caused it and those who, you know, were, who, who are hold um, uh, a God-fearing country as though they were evil. So we're going to pray for both today, and I'm going to ask you to just to bow your heads and pray with me, and understand that this prayer that we pray is, is God-inspired. It's, it's biblical. Jesus tells us what to do, and then we're going to do it, okay? So if you bow your heads, let's pray. Father, we thank you, first of all, for uh, First responders, we thank you, Lord, for those who work in uh, uh, the, the police and fire departments and hospitals and uh, medical care units. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the president at the time. We thank you, Father God, for uh, those who are carrying, who lost loved ones, Lord, in the, in the towers and those in the other areas that were on planes. We thank you, Father God, for and pray for those who were uh, affected in any way, shape, or form by what happened 21 years ago this day. And we ask 
ask, Lord, that you'd give them that peace and comfort that only you can do, Father Lord, in health and care. And Father Lord, even the mental anguish, we pray, Lord, that you just give them that, that comfort. Father, we pray for countries that uh, despise America, Father Lord, and don't uh, understand or love the God that we serve and love. And we pray, Father Lord, forgiveness right there. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would help us to forgive those nations, that they would see the love of Jesus Christ through the church and understand that your love prevails and you you love us too much to leave us here, that we're not one-sided, Father Lord, that you, th these are our neighbors, these are our people too, and Father Lord, because of that, that we have to have a love for them. So right now, our love is just simply forgiving, Father Lord, that we would, it's hard to do, but we're, we're going to forgive and we're going to move forward knowing that through that forgiveness and through that love, through praying for them like Jesus said to pray for, Lord, that you will start to, cha you will start to change them. You will turn them, Father Lord, from false gods and false adultery into you, a loving God, and let them see the love of God through the local church. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Thank you for agreeing with me on that. That's always a, a tough spot when you start praying for um, enemies. We're, we're in a world of um, uh, this or that, right or wrong, and yet Jesus came to love the sinner. He came to love the person who uh, actually despised him. He hung out with them. He, he forgave Pilate. He forgave those uh, uh, soldiers who nailed him to a cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was Jesus' message is of forgiveness, and that's what we need to do too. We need to walk in forgiveness, uh, not accepting the wrong or the harm, praying for those who were affected by it, but also walking in a manner of forgiveness because that's what Jesus uh, would have done. So again, can we just give it up for first responders and those in the military, those who are served in uh, the reserve, the guard, all those. Thank you. Thank you for serving. Uh, you know, uh, last week we prayed for teachers. This week we're praying for the, the responders and those. Thank you for those people who put their life on the line. And, and uh, what a, I have a, a person, he was a friend uh, in high school uh, who worked in the towers. He was, he was back home in Nebraska at the time, but he went to 50 funerals uh, when 9-11 happened. 50 funerals. And he, he had said he had gotten so numb he had to stop going. It was just, it was unbearable, the amount of pain and anguish that he saw uh, from family members and friends that had, that had passed on for that. Uh, so I know there's hurt. I know there's pain. Uh, and and there there continues to be so in the world, but we know we know a God, right? We know a God who loves you, He cares for you, and uh, and he and He's on your side. So, as He was with Joshua, Joshua's story today is still out of the book of Joshua, the first chapter. It's a it's a story that is just so uh, impactful and powerful. I'm going to read it. Then we'll talk about a couple things Joshua was, and then we'll go through a couple of verses uh, six or nine. The Bible says, "Be strong." and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, be, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. I like what God's doing here. He's pumping life into his child. Joshua is a child of God's. He's very faithful. He's very loving. We'll talk about that in a moment. But it's like if you're sending uh, your child off to school for the first time, all right? Uh, when Janie and I, uh, Janie was always better at teaching the kids, like, how to drive. 
how to ride their bike, uh, doing things. And, and we went to South High School. That's where we met in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, they had South High had tore down some houses, and then they made a parking lot. And when the kids were younger, those of you who have a couple kids uh, near the same age will, will relate to this probably. And so whatever Jill learned how to do, Jill's our oldest, Jessica's 18 months younger, whatever Jill learned how to do, Jessica just did by association, all right? So when Jill learned how to ride a bike, Jessica did too because, well, they were, you know, sisters, and that, that's just what you do. Marcus was a little bit uh, later, not far behind, but he was a little bit later. So we would take him up to the parking lot at South High School, and we'd get their bikes out of the minivan, and we'd, we'd walk up there, and Janie would put them on there, and she would say, okay, and she would run along with them, and I would be on the other side of the parking lot, right, like, I'm the catcher. Come on. And so Janie would walk with them, walk with them, walk with them, walk with them, and then just let them go. And, you know, a couple of times we forgot to tell them where the brakes are. And so, or how to break, but then, okay, now you got to pedal. You got to pedal. You got to pedal. And so they'd start to pedal. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't but a time or two. And they're riding their bikes all over that. All the part of Jill's riding her bike and Jessica's riding her bike. And Marcus was just hanging out, kind of like little Judah does sometimes, just just hanging out. He's got, he's got a lot of Marcus's mannerisms in him. And so he, he's just kind of hanging out, watching, and they're riding their bikes. But they had to pedal to keep the bike going. And this, and but Janie would always shout words of encouragement. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all right. You're gonna maybe they would fall and, and scrape up a knee, but it's gonna be all right. Just get back up and get on the bike again. It's gonna be all right. God is telling this to Joshua, like if he's riding his bike for the very first time, you can do it. It's gonna be all right. He's speaking words of life, just like you would maybe a child the first day of school, or maybe a first day of job, or maybe post career, or maybe graduate, whatever the case may be, you start to speak life into that child. God is taking his child, Joshua, and he's clear. There's three times in the scriptures that we're going to read today, it is clear. You be strong and you be courageous. You're going to be okay, all right? And so I think he's also telling us then that by association, hey, you're going to go through some junk in life. You're going to go through some things that just, they're ter it's terrible, it's awful. There's going to be some things that are unfair. There's going to be some things that are unpleasant. Be strong. Be courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be good, you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Third time, I think, I think God wants Joshua to get it by association. He wants us to get it. Just like we would teach Jill, Jessica by association would be there. They learn how to ride together. They learn Jessica was advanced because she was keeping up with Jill. They were learning to ride their bikes together. They were learning to do things together. God is saying, hey, I know you understand you hung out with Moses, but because of the promises I gave to Moses, those promises now become yours. God, God's promises that he gave to Joshua or that he gave to David or that he gave to Paul, they're also yours today. Why? Because by association, when we come into this life-giving nature that is called the kingdom of God, all those promises then become yes and amen to us. 
They become our promises. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. We pray openness right now in our hearts to receive and even clear our minds, oh God, from confusion or contradiction or confliction, Lord, of things that we maybe have learned or heard at one time. Let us be free to receive what you have for us today. Right now, we pray in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. I want to give you a couple things that I wrote down that maybe Joshua is. They're not up there just yet. We'll get into some points in a second. Joshua was faithful. You might want to write that down. A faithful man shall abound in blessing. When you are faithful to your job, when you're faithful to your marriage, when you're faithful to your home, when you're faithful to your God, you will abound with blessings. It's, 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 in, it's inconscionable. It, it can't happen any other way that when you are faithful, God will bless you. When you are faithful, God will bless you. Janie and I hung our head on that scripture for a long time. When faithful man shall abound in blessing. A faithful man shall abound in blessing. Maybe it didn't look like it. Maybe we didn't see it. But we knew God was right around the corner getting ready to bless us. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful to each other. We're going to be faithful to the call. We're going to be faithful to God. We're going to be faithful to our family. We're going to be faithful to our kids. We're going to be faithful to our church. We're going to be faithful. And what happened? God bless us. Joshua was faithful. Joshua wasn't, remember Joshua 40 years earlier, he saw the promise. He saw the, he said, we can take it. Yet Moses sided with the ten doubters, the unbelievers, those who, who were worried or concerned. And Joshua didn't complain. He just remained faithful. He, became, he was part of God's side, or Joshua, Moses' side. He, just, he was the right-hand man. He was ready to go, whatever you say. Even though he knew he could take it, he remained faithful. Number two, he was helpful. He did whatever it took. Whatever Moses needed, he was helpful. He didn't get the attitude or the arrogance of saying, I can do better. I've seen the land, Moses. You didn't. I know we can take it, Moses. You doubt it. No, he was just helpful. Hey, whatever, whatever it takes. This is why as a church we try to have block parties or we try to do different things. We try to do outreaches. We try to do a, a different uh, a ministry events. Why? Not so that we can pat ourselves on the back, but so that we can have a community of helpful believers that won't let somebody else always do the work. But they'll step in and help each other and help the kingdom uh, of believers. He was prayerful. We know that in the scriptures, that when Moses went up to pray and was in the presence of God, a couple times Joshua even stayed behind. So we know he had a strong prayer life. He talked with God. God talked with him. Whatever time your prayer life is shouldn't be mandated by man or a preacher. Your time should be mandated by God, but you should pray. Every person should find a prayer time. It could be on your way to the office or to work. It could be on your commute. It could be early in the morning uh, over a cup of coffee. Jenny and I like to pray in the morning after breakfast. We read our book of Psalm that our daughter sent us from Omaha, and we read and we read it together. We'll read a psalm and then we'll, we'll pray. If there's needs in the church, someone that has a, a, a special need a, after a sur post-surgery need with a, a blood clot, we're praying for that person. We're believing God. We're, we're praying for little ones and older ones. We're praying. It's time. We know that Joshua was a prayerful person. And number four, the last before we move on, he was humble. Joshua filled a void of humility. Now Moses talking about Moses, said that Moses was the most humble person on the earth. That'd be like Mark saying, I'm just the most humble person there is. You know, there's no doubt about it. 
I know you all believe that, and it goes without saying. That's a joke, church. Come on, wake up. Be with me just a little bit. Moses wrote that Moses was the most humble person that lived. Joshua is probably a close second. Joshua was humble. He, he served. He prayed. He, he was part of what uh, God had in store. He, 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 he looked at things, and he walked in a sense of humility. So that being said, we're going we're gonna to walk through some things of uh, what I would call the five U's, Y-O-U, U's to, be, uh, to have a successful life. The five views that, that Joshua understood in the scripture that we just read on what it means to be uh, successful. Number one, you shall cause. You can write that down or take a picture. You shall cause. And we have to understand that in these scriptures that whatever God's telling Joshua, again by association, he's telling us. Let's go to verse 6, I think, for a second. Be strong and courageous for you, Joshua, and you can put your name, whatever your name is, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. One of the things that Jane and I decided to do as we were growing as young parents, we would make our kids faithful to God. We shall cause them. We shall cause them to be faithful. Well, you can't make someone love God. No, we couldn't. But through our actions, through our reflection, through our obedience to God, they, become, they became God lovers. They became children of God. In a sense, because God, our inheritance is in our children and our children's children, then they, we cause that inheritance by living a life that's godly by living a life that's, that's, that's uh, satisfying to the Lord. It's not because we ran all over the place. We served different things. It's because we were faithful. You shall cause through your faithfulness, okay? One of the tricks of the enemy is to believe that what your actions do don't matter. Listen, your actions matter. When you love God and serve God, uh, the closest people to you are watching you the most. Who are they? They're your spouse or someone in your relationship. They're, they're uh, with you. They're your children or your grandchildren. They're people that look up to you, and all of a sudden you're causing them to inherit God's blessing or to inherit God's curse by your actions, by how you act with people, by how you treat people, by how you walk through the you shall cause, okay? So we understand and we think sometimes, well, you know, it's just not God's timing or it's just not God's will. No, he's telling Joshua and us by association, you shall cause those things. You, you shall make those things. And maybe it's because I'm studying different saints that have gone by, different uh, believers that have gone by, Joshua and Caleb, and I understand that, wait a second, we have a say-so in the matter. And God is saying that you shall cause this inheritance that will take place. God's not saying that, and I'll tell you why he's not saying it, is because he's already promised it. And once God's promised it, his word is good. It's not void. It, it, it shall never come back void. And so, so because he said it, now he's just waiting for you and me to go after it. So if God's promised something in your life, he's wanting you to go after that promise. If he's promising something in Scripture, he's wanting you to go after it in Scripture. But God, you said, God, you said I could have, you, you said I could do this. You said I could have this. You said you'd be with me. You, God, you said, God's okay being reminded with what he said in his word. He's okay with that. That's not a, that's not a big thing to him. 
You're not being arrogant. You say, hey, God, you said if I prayed. God, you said if I asked. God, you said if I asked in your name. God, you said if there, there would be healing. Uh, Janie, it was Andrew, was very sick when he was first born. He had a cleft palate and very sick. Uh, and losing weight, he was born at almost eight pounds, got down to five pounds, and that's a, a tremendous amount of body weight. And maybe six weeks or eight weeks, he just was losing weight, not eating. And, and, uh, and Janie said, we, we should go uh, have my parents pray for pray for him. And we, we did that on one or two occasions. Uh, and, and, just, and it was like, Lord, you said... If we agree together, if the saints will agree together, uh, Brady, our oldest grandson, did that one time to Janie. Uh, uh, Jessica said, let's pray. And Brady said, could Grammy come over and pray? Remember that? <laughs> could, could Grammy come over and pray? And I'm sure, Jessica, your prayers are, are, are solid. <laughs> but it, it was like she needed, he needed Grammy. He, he didn't need Poppy. Did I walk in a fence? No, I tagged along. I want to see the prayers of Grammy. Uh, <laughs> he was up moving around in like a half hour, an hour. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. But he had he did have faith in the prayers of the saints. Are you with me? So you shall cause. And the dot dot there is, what, what should I cause? Should I cause a good inheritance for my kids and my, and my grandkids? Should I cause a blessing to those around me? Should I cause unity? Should I cause relationships? Should I cause love? Should I cause, should I cause forgiveness? Should I cause? Yes, you can cause all those things. God is telling Joshua, you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I have already promised them, you shall cause the blessing on your family. God's already spoken, but you can abort the mission if you choose to. And that's where we lie. If you're, if you're not careful, we're negating what God's already told us we can do and whatever we can already have. Number, number two, you shall meditate. Let's go to verse number eight for a second. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. What, what does that mean? I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to put it in my heart. So I'm meditating on it. I'm, I'm learning it. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself with it. It's not necessarily, you know, putting on Zen music and humming, all right? I'm not uh, necessarily saying that as long as you're humming to God. I'm not, but I'm going to meditate on God's Word. I do that all the time. I might be uh, out for a run or, or working out. I might be in my office. I have, might be in my prayer room upstairs here at the church, and, I, and I'm just, Lord, I'm going to meditate on your Word. What, does, what, is, what is your Word telling me today? It's not the Bible full of good stories or poetry it's the word of God that is encouraging me. It's building life up to me. It's telling me. It's explaining to me. It's challenging. So I'm going to meditate on God's word. Just like uh, Joshua needed to, I'm going to meditate on all that is written. I'm going to meditate on a day and night. If you find yourself having a hard time reading the scripture, don't try to read it all at once. Grab a verse. Grab a psalm of the day. Read the proverb of the day. What is the proverb of the day? Whatever the day of the week is. If this is the 11th day of the month, rather, then read the 11th proverb. And just read part of it and gravitate to it. Just get, get or read the book of John or the, the book of Romans. Just, just grab some of the, the scripture and start to meditate on it and read it as if God were talking to you. 
if he was speaking to you, use your name. Hey, Mark, this is what, this is what I want to tell you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause. And, and, and take it personal. Make this, make this a personal message, just as if, it, if you were Joshua. Facing the troubles, facing the trials, facing the struggles that you all are facing. There's going to be different types and different seasons of struggle where you might be anxious or you might be hesitant. You might be, you might be sad or you might be joyful. There's going to be this time in your life where you're walking through these things and it might be difficult, but meditate on God's word and he will show you through. The psalmist said, God's word ever hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so we know that if we meditate on the word, and this is what Joshua was told, meditate on my word. In other words, don't listen to outside chatter. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the evil one. Don't even listen to well-meaning people who think they're doing good, but they're confusing you with something contrary to what God is telling you. If God is telling you something, then say, thank you very much. You, you've heard it from me before about my wife does when somebody comes up and well-meaning people will say what they think are well-meaning things, but she knows it's contrary to the Word of God or contrary to what God has told her in her spirit. She'll just say, I don't receive that. I'm not receiving it. And sometimes she will boldly tell the people, I'm just, I don't receive that. Well, how come? Well, because that's not what God's telling me. I know his word. I'm going to meditate on his word. I'm not going to meditate on your word. And we have a lot of word chasers. I got to hear the prophet. I got to hear what the prophet's saying. This is the only prophecy you really need, church. But you need to know the word of God and you need to meditate on it. Thus saith the Lord. There will be times where a preacher or a person, a deacon, an elder, uh, someone who loves God may have a word for the church or may have a word for you. And they may say, hey, in my prayer time, I've got, I feel like I've got a word for you. Okay, let's say it. But if you're running to and fro, chasing something that God's already given you, why? Why not, just, why not take what God's already given you? Why not take the word of God and meditate on it, okay? Number three, you may be careful. You may be careful. Let's go to the verse eight again, and it says, so that you may be careful, what? To do according to all that is written in it. So now, not only do we meditate on the word, now we're careful to do everything that the word. So now it becomes about obedience. Once I know, the Bible says that God, God once winked at ignorance, but now he's given us the word. We shouldn't be ignorant to the word. So now it says, wait a second, now I've got to do these things, or maybe it's I get to do these things. Maybe it's, I, maybe it's I get to walk in this obedience that is God, that you may be careful to do. Why does God tell Joshua to be careful to do all that he asks? Why? Because he knows he's got promises that he will perform and do if Joshua does according to to the word of the Lord. Helkiah in 2 Chronicles, the 34th chapter, says this, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. They actually hid God's word. They put it away on a shelf like they didn't understand it or this is old. This is something that's not new. It's not fresh. If we go around quoting authors and preachers more than we do God Almighty, we need to challenge our theology. Yeah, but that brother said that. Okay, good. He's just rehashing the word of God or he's giving you, we need to know what God's word says so that we can obey God's word. Can you say amen? It's important, church, that we understand who God is in the scheme of things. Well, yeah, but I, man, I need that fresh word. Get it in your Bible then. Get in your Bible. 
Because if you're hungry for God, you could read John 11, 35, Jesus wept, and all of a sudden you start weeping. Because whatever made Jesus weep should make us weep as well. Whatever turned Jesus on should turn us on as well. Whatever turned Jesus off should turn us off as well. And whoever Jesus loved, we should love as well. It's important for us to understand, so you may be careful to do all that is written. Everybody say all. All that is written. Yeah, but Pastor, I mean, that's old stuff. I don't, I'm going to throw that part away. If you, if you throw that part away, then you better throw the grace part away as well. Because grace is really a lot bigger than what we can imagine. Well, I only studied this part. This is the part that really intrigued me. That's good, but Paul said that you need to preach the whole counsel of God. In other words, if you just get high-centered on this particular part of the scriptures, it'd be like if I just ate dessert. Like if I just ate strawberry shortcake with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream and some fresh strawberries on there, but then that strawberry sauce with a little bit of, little bit of sugar in it that just oozes over it. And then Cool Whip, just all kind of Cool Whip on there. And throw me a big old cherry on top. If I just ate that, are you hungry yet? You ready for lunch? If I just ate that, but I didn't eat any meat or potatoes or vegetables or in some cases, vegetables, vegetables, or vegetables. Sometimes, some of y'all eat too many vegetables for me. I got to have some meat and other stuff. Meat, and I'll talk to this crowd over here. Meat, and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I ain't getting enough amens on that deal. I, I, so you, we, if you're just wanting to study one part, you're hurting yourself from the whole council. So what is the council? The council is teaching and evangelism and preaching and, yes, blessing and favor and prosperity, but also outreach and ministry and going to the homeless and doing the whole council of God. I've got to know the whole council. I've got to know all that is written so that I don't get high center just on the meat or just on the dessert that sometimes, yeah, I need a plate of vegetables because that's going to help me even more so than than the rest of it. And sometimes we get a little sloppy and a little lazy as Christ's followers because we only want what appeals to us. And if we only want what appeals to us, sometimes Paul says we get spiritually fat and it becomes unhealthy and we, get, we become spiritually out of shape. Number four, you will make. You will make. Let's go to verse 8 again. Uh, we'll keep using this. For then you will, you will make your way prosperous. For then you will make. Let's go to that again. For you will make. You, so you, you will make. Now, somebody, somebody needs to write that down because he's talking to us, you. He's talking to me, Mark. He's talking to Taylor and Carson. He's talking to Janie and Charity. You for you will make. See, a lot of us want to sit back and let's say, well, God must not be God's will. No, God's already put the plan in action. He wants us then to do our part for then you will make. And he never says in these scriptures, we see you shall, you shall, you may, you may, you will, you will. We see five, six, seven times where you will will or you may or you shall God never says you can why does he not say you can because he already has done and because he already has done he's waiting for us to do 
So it's not like he says you can't. Paul says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he had just gotten 39 stripes and he's in a prison cell that's four feet high and his wrists are chained to his feet and he's sitting there with rats crawling all over him and feces all around him and he's saying I can do all things who strengthens me because he knows that God is in charge. But he doesn't, God doesn't say you can't hear because he's already made a way. Yes, I will make it through this horrendous time in my life because God will never leave me nor will he ever forsake me. Yes, I will get a job or yes, I will get a spouse or yes, I will do those things because God is on my side. You will make your way prosperous. And then God tells us how. I bring a tithe to the storehouse. I help someone in need. I, I be faithful to to my plans and promises. I'd be faithful to my wife or husband. I'd be faithful to my spouse or a relationship. I'd be faithful to those people that God's put in my life. You will make your way prosperous. I had written in my book, it dawned on me at about 28 years old, there's not too many people in life that really care if you make it or not. My wife cares, close family members cared, but most, for the most part, people don't care if you make it. You're just standing in the way of their success. Think about it. Now, hopefully in a church world, in a church community, we all care if someone makes it or not. But in reality is, not a lot of people really care, but God does care. God cares if you make it or not. God cares. But God can only care if you care. God can only care if you decide, I'm going to make my way prosperous. And I'm not talking about financial prosperity here. I'm talking about peace from anxiety. I'm talking about joy over sorrow. I choose, God, to know that your way is better than my way. Your plans are better than my way. And I'm going to live and love for you. You're going to make my way prosperous. Sometimes we stand in the way, and sometimes others stand in our way, and we have to know that God cares above others. Now, again, that doesn't mean that people don't care. At Grace Church, we want to care for everybody's needs. We may pray. We may help. We may give. We may, we may stand with them in prayer or agreement. But God is the ultimate choice, and you, you he says, Joshua, you will make your, your way prosperous. And then number five, you will have good success. Let's go back to verse number eight again. And then you will have good success. You will have. You will have good success. So he, he makes this promise then. And here's what I like about Joshua is Joshua doesn't uh, fill his void with uh, excuses. He doesn't say, well, we're, God's telling him you need to go take that land. And Joshua's not like, uh, come on back, worship team. God, God's not like, uh, Joshua's not like, well, as soon as the kids graduate from high school, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. Or, or as soon as, uh, uh, you know, the, the, our, 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 our uh, children start school, or as soon as I get married, or as soon as I buy a house, or as soon as I, uh, you know, go through membership class, or as soon as I do this, he's saying, uh, Joshua's saying, hey, in three days, if you read verse number 9 or 10, hey, in three days, prepare provisions, because we're going to go take that land. And he's telling about 600,000 or so men that. 
hey, we're getting ready. We're going to take the land. And every man to a T says, okay, uh, whatever you say, we're going to do. We're going to go take that land. Now, they've been wandering in a desert, some of them, uh, for about 20 or 25 years. The old guard all died out. They were, they were gone. So now it's the new guard, and they're like, we're, we're done wandering. Let's go. And that's my challenge to you today. Is, are you tired of wandering? Are you ready to get as close to God as possible? Are you ready to chase God? Are you ready to be challenged by God? Because, yes, we all want things from God, but maybe, just maybe, God wants something from us. Maybe God is knocking on our heart's door and saying, hey, here, here's what you need to do. We know we're forgiven. We know we're set free. But now God's saying, now you need to go take that land. Stand with me this morning, if you will. It's, a, it's neat to see a movie or read a book or hear a story about how somebody just came up from the ashes and man, they were the underdog and they won. And this is Joshua's story. It's David's story. It's even Noah's story. Noah built an ark for a hundred years or so. It had never rained. All the water came up from the ground. They thought he was crazy, but yet God, he heard from God. And so maybe this is you today. Maybe you just know God is speaking to you that you can be victorious. You can be that warrior. You can be that leader. Yet you can be that humble servant who, who's prayer-minded and faithful and loves God. And so it's a mixture of the two. And Joshua's like, I just know what God has told me because God keeps saying, you, 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 you. And I would say today during this next worship song, replace you and put your name in there. You, you, whoever you are, you shall be prosperous. You shall be obedient. You shall be the God lover. You shall be the one who, who understands what God, and God's making this about you today. The story's about Joshua, but we transfer it to us. God, you've said, I, I shall. God, you said, I will. God, you say, I may. God, you said, I, and all of a sudden, there's freedom knowing that God is giving you the power accomplish those things in his kingdom that nobody else believes can be accomplished through you, but God is making it possible for you. If you're comfortable, just raise your hands for a moment. Father, we release all anxiety, all anguish, all hesitancy, any inhibitions. We release them to you right now. You said you shall, you shall, you may, you may, and you will, and you will. You're speaking to us. You're saying, Mark, you shall. You're saying whatever our people's name are, those listening all around the country, whatever your name is, replace your name right there. And now, like Paul, I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. James says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, Father, right now, release those in our life. Release those things in our person, in our being. Release those things in our, in our message. Release those things right here and right now. Let us know we can do those things, Father. And as we worship, church, start putting your name in those things. I shall be that person. I will be that person. I may be that person. I will become that person that God wants me to be. In Jesus' name we pray.
is done, it is finished. He's done what it takes for us to walk in victory. It was finished at the cross. Now it's up to us, and I love that. It's you, it's me, it's us. He did his part, so now all we gotta do is his, or our part, and he will complete what he has started, because his is done. So it's up to us, and I love that, that we will see a victory if we do so simply what his word says. And, and you know what is so awesome about that, guys? It takes all of the responsibility and the heaviness and the load off of us when we just say, okay, God, you've already finished it. My job is just to trust you and say, I'm gonna just wait on you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna do everything that pastor talked about this morning. I'm gonna do that. That's my job. I'm gonna do my job because I know you're gonna do your jobs. And, and the coolest thing is, however God chooses for that victory to come out, He'll bring peace in that storm if it's maybe not what you thought the end was going to look like. The end is so much bigger than what we see. The end is eternity, and that's where we're all going to be, and it's going to be beautiful, and the victory is there. But while we're here, we can trust him and just say, God, I'm going to see joy. I'm a, you're going to turn around what the enemy meant for evil. It's going to turn around, and it's going to be such joy and peace, and it's going to be good. But we got to do it. He's telling us to do what the word said. And I love that. Amen. Doesn't that just kind of like take off so much? <sighs> it's not my job to worry about it. It's just my job to pray. It's my job to find that time, get in the word, to meditate and know his word. So when situations come up, we can know that the word of God says this. And so my job is just to say, hey, God, your word says this. I'm trusting you takes off a lot, of, a lot of heaviness and pressure if we can just learn to walk in that faith and that acceptance of God, you got this. And, and you know, I know that was a few years ago, that was our, our word that God gave us over a, a big situation in our, in our personal family. God, you got this. God still has this. God still got this. So whatever you're going through this morning, we go there with you and we, we pray with you and you do what pastor said you do your part and watch god come back faithful every time he has never once let us down and he's not going to start so you just learn to say god you got this and i'm trusting you and i'm going to do my part because you already did yours amen father we love you and we thank you for this day we thank you for the price that has already been paid on the cross we thank you lord that you have already done your part and lord we're going to step up and we're going to do what you have called us to do we're just going to find that time to pray and seek your face and we're going to meditate on your word and we're going to lord just be faithful to serve and to do what you've told us to do we're going to do those things and we're going to just sit back and watch the miracle take place we're just going to trust you. We may not always understand, but we will always trust you and know that you are working all things for our good because you love us so much. Your love is never, ever ending. Your love is incredible. Your love is so amazing, and we want to just stand in that, Lord. 
and we want to walk in that. We want to show your love to your people every day. So Lord, help us to do that. Help us to grow in you and love one another as you have loved us. Lord, you gave your life. So we bless you today. We bless each and every person. Go with them, watch over them, protect them, give blessings over their life, give favor over their life, give promotions over their life. Lord, whatever they have need of, Lord, we just thank you that you're working that out. We just, most of all, thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding. We declare that over each person in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all so much. Have an awesome week. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.